Welcome back to God's Pathway to Life for You. I'm your host, Dave. Today, we're going to be talking about Romans chapter 7. Up next. Thank you for returning to the podcast. Before I get started, I want to start with my prayer for understanding. Father, please hear my prayer. For my listeners, please bless them with the understanding of your word, that they hear your quiet, still voice hidden in your word, and your word becomes alive to them in a way that they understand. All this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm back. You know, I was able to do the podcast today, uh, and I'm so lucky and so thankful to be able to do that because over the weekend I actually hit the ER room and I had to go to the emergency room because I was uh, sick. My stomach had problems again. I guess I'm still not over my stomach problems. I guess my stomach problems are just with me. And some folks, some of you might be asking, you know, this guy, he reads the Bible, he goes to church, he prays, he prays for other people, he does everything right. Why, why is he going through this problems with this stomach? And why is he being in, in this situation? Why did God come down and heal this person? Well, as a Christian person, we all suffer in some way. Christ suffered when he walked on the earth. Christians suffer here on earth too. So, if you have problems in your life that seem not to be taken care of by God, God doesn't come in and remove this problem out of your life, this, this burden that you have, this pain, this suffering, well, this is, this is endurance. This is what we're, what, what he, what, what, what's going on here is the suffering and the sickness and this pain that I'm going through. I'm li- looking to God for comfort to relieve the pain, relieve the stress, relieve all that, and see, that that's the key to it all. I, I'm not looking for myself to overcome these ailments. I'm looking to him for that, that support, that love, that comfort, that, that wanting to have him come into my life to re, restore me to a full health. And, and that's what these problems in our lives are should be doing for us it should be putting our eyes on god and jesus and not on the problems because the problems are going to be persistent they're never going to go away because that's the way satan disturbs our walk that's how he makes our walk try to be a null in effect by saying look god's not healing you dave you're still sick i'm still stabbing you in the stomach and i'm still making your stomach sick but god's not doing anything about it but what the devil doesn't understand is that while he's stabbing me in the stomach and I'm being sick, I'm yelling out or I'm speaking out in my voice as I am in this state of infirmity, as I am in this low depression point of my life, the Lord Jesus Christ is carrying me. I am as closer to Jesus Christ at that point in life than anything possible. So, yeah, it may suck to have to go through all that, but I know in those points where I'm sick, when I'm enabled, when I'm low, when I'm hurt and I'm broken, that Jesus Christ is physically carrying me at those points of time. And so if I have to get to that point of distress to get carried, I'm grateful for that. So the devil wants to bring distress and anger and sickness upon me. All he's doing is putting me in the arms of Jesus Christ so Christ can carry me. And that's the way I look at it. So, yeah, he, he got me sick. I went to the ER. But like I said, I promised you guys a podcast, and I don't care if I'm sick or not. I'm going to try to get through this podcast because I love you guys, and I want you guys to hear the truth. And, see, I think that's why Satan has kept me from doing Chapter 7 for a, lo- a long time is because this, this Chapter 7 is about freedom from sin. This, this, is, this is as real as it gets. This is where the rubber meets the road. And I mean, Romans is our our basis for our religion. This is where we get our bread and butter of our faith. 
right here. It's not a religion, sorry. Let me back that up. Not our religion, our faith. This Romans is where we get our faith from. This is it. This is the bread and butter of our faith. That's why the devil has kept me from doing chapter 7 for a long time. And I, as I have been doing the podcast, I have been listening to other sermons on chapter 7 from other pastors. So I've been educating myself on chapter 7. So when I get to this point that I can tell you about it, that I'd be able to tell you about it with some confidence. So the devil tried to take me out. I'm still fighting. When the devil tries to get, put burdens in your life to show that God doesn't take these burdens out of your life, that's not true. These burdens are in our life, so we look to God for comfort and distress from these burdens. It's a great thing to have the Lord on our side because when I was saying that, when I was saying the Lord fights for me, when I'm at the lowest point in my life, the Lord is carrying me, the Lord hides me in the cleft of the rock, he puts his hand over the cleft of the rock, you know, that's what I was saying when I was infirmed, when I was in pain, when I was in discomfort, when I was in agony. I was saying those things audibly, and I found relief in that. So they're, they're, speak the word of God. Speak the Bible things that you read about. Fight the devil with the word of God. That's the only thing we have. And when I started up this podcast, I said, okay, let's go. We're going to fight the devil today because of all the stuff that he put me through the weekend. So we're going to fight back, and we're going to fight back with the word of God. And I hope you got your... Your listening ears on today because we're going to get in some real good stuff and this is going to help you guys spiritually. I sure hope so. I hope you guys get strength from this and it, it puts your feet on solid foundations of where you're at and what you're doing with Jesus Christ. Okay, so I kind of rambled, went on a little tarrant, but let's, let's get this going. Chapter 7, verse 1. Now, you know not brothers, for brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Okay, so he says, no, you not, brethren. He's talking to other Christians, other Christians. When you see that, no, you not, brethren, he's saying other Christian folks. For I speak to them that know the law. Okay, when he's in that phrase, he's talking to the Jews. Because the Jewish uh, people were given the Ten Commandments first. They were given the law of God. So he says, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. So the law has rule over the Jewish people as long as they live, or mankind. And then he gives an analogy. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband. So as long as he lives, but if the husband be dead, she is free from the law of her husband. So she can, she's free. She's, she's a free agent. She can go about her, her life and marry another. So then, while her husband lives, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law. She is not an adulteress, though she be married to another man. So when her husband died, she was free from that, and so she could marry another man. But if her husband lived and she married another, she lives in adultery. So he's given this analogy that you're bound by this law, you're tied to this law until you die to the law. Kind of interesting. Wherefore, my brethren, you have also became dead to the law by the body of Jesus Christ. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Then you should be married to another. That's Jesus Christ. Even to him who is risen from the dead, that she would bring forth the fruit of God. So, 
You died to the law. You're not bound by the Ten Commandments no longer. When you made that statement of faith, you are free from the Ten Commandments. You're no longer bound by that rule, law, regulations, structure, okay? And you're free to marry another. And that means give your life over to Jesus Christ, and you become, you and Christ become one, okay? And when you do that, when you become one with Christ, and Christ and you become one, and it's true love, then you have the law written in your heart because you don't want to break the Ten Commandments to bring uh, sadness to Christ because, of you know, you're with him. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruits to death. He said, so when you were in the flesh, the motion of sin, so your sinful activity and your little sinful life that you were living, which were by the law, did the works of our members bring forth the fruits of death. So you were living this lost life, and you were being compared to the Ten Commandments, and your members, your body parts, the things that you were doing to yourself, they, they were producing fruits to death. You wasn't producing anything for the afterlife, you only producing sin and wages of death before you made your statement of faith. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in a newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So he's talking about the law. You know, you, you know we're free from the law. We serve a newness, a new spirit. We're renewed by Christ. This, that's why I'm saying your old life has died away. The only reason you're smoking a cigarette, the only reason you're going to the bar, the only reason you're going to the, read the porn magazines, the only reason you're going back to do the bad things that you normally do is because you want to. You want to. You want that. That's the, that's the thing. That, that Your water, you have to change your water. And, and, and things that are appropriate to God. If you can, if the thing that you want to pull in your life, if you can hold it up to God and say, it's this, this is glorious. <laughs> Be careful with that, though. You know what I'm saying, though. You got to take the thing that you want in your life and hold it up to Christ and, and the Word of God and see if it's comparable. If it doesn't compare to the Word of God, then this is not supposed to be in your life. You're not supposed to bring it in your life. You're supposed to leave it. Because you have a newness of life, a new spirit. You're, you're not tied by the law. You're not bound by sin. Satan does not have control over you anymore. When you go do the sinful things you do, you do it because you want to. That's plain and simple. You want it, you want to go do it, you go do it. What shall they say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So what's he saying there? He's saying, what shall we say then? So wh what are we saying? Is the law sin? Is, is, is God's Ten Commandments sin? No, God says, God forbid, nay, no. I had not known sin. I haven't known any sin but by the law until I read the law. It's just like the speed limit. If I'm going down the highway and I can go as fast as I want until I see the speed limit that says 65 miles an hour and I'm doing 80, then I know I'm breaking the law. This is, the, this is the analogy of that. So, for I know not lust, except the law said, Thou shalt not covet. And covet, it, it's at the desireness. 
to desire things that you that is not right for your life, to look at another man's wife, to look at another person in a sexual way, to lust after uh, the things that the rich people have, the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's and, and all those rich people and that LeBron James and all. See, those people are getting their best life now. The uber rich, the elitist, yeah, look at their life. Their life is the, that is the best life Satan can give those people. But look, they all die. And when they die, that money don't get to go with them. Just like that uh, basketball player that died in that helicopter crash while back. You know, uh, Kobe Bryant, he, his, his money's still here. His wife gets to keep it, and she's suing everybody under the sun to get more of it. So, you know, you can't go after the earthly things because this life is temporary. This life is fleeting. This life is finite. This life is, has an end date. There is an end date written somewhere in heaven with your name on it. You're going to die. And the stuff that I'm trying to give you is the stuff to build your eternal life on the next side. You know, the word of God. What Jesus is saying, how we do this, how, we, how is it possible to have another life? Well, the only way to do it is to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ because he's the one that lived the perfect life. He's the one that went down the Ten Commandments and did not break a single one of them. And it's his work that rely on us, that we rely on. So, you know, you got to watch out for that covetousness. Don't covet the earthly things. If you're going to go after things, go after the eternal. But sin, that occasion... By the commandments wrought in me all manner of compensations, opportunities, works, lust, apart from. And without the law, sin was dead. So let me go, let me read that one again. But sin, taking the occasions, opportunities, by the commandments, worked in me all manner of lust for apart from the law. Apart from the law. But sin taken occasion by the commandments, wrought in me all manners of lust. For without the law, sin is dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandments came, sin revived, and I was dead. So I think it's, you know, when he lived without the law once, so he's saying he was free. He could live a life like a lost person. And that, and that uh, living a life like a lost person is like everybody else. You know, they don't, they don't have no consequence. They think there's no consequence for their life. But then when he found out that uh, he has consequences for his life at the end of it, and that he's going to stand before Jesus Christ, then uh, sin was revived. And he found out he was dead because of all the stuff that he did. And the commandments which were... So when he found the commandments, that's what I said, you know, he found himself dead in the commandments because he had broke the commandments and realized that <laughs> for sin has taken occasion by the commandments delivered me and by it, it slew me. So when he realized that he broke the commandments and he, he realized that he lived in the sinful life, he realized he's convicted and he's dead. See, a lot of people think that this is written by a lost, say, a lost person, but no, this is written by Paul when he was, a mature a mature christian so you know it's amazing it's amazing we'll get into a little bit more of it it's it, it's it's so great okay so he said for sin taken occasion by the commandments delivered me and by it it slewed me so the ten commandments basically killed him wherefore the law is holy so the ten commandments are holy the commandments are holy and just and good so the commandments are just good and holy and they are 
Because when you live a Christian life and you give your life over to Christ, you have those laws written in your heart. We talked about that in the last, uh, in Romans back a few chapters ago. Okay, I'm going to read 13, but I really don't understand it, and I don't know if I'm reading it that well, but here it goes. Was then that which is good made death to me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, worketh death in me, but that which is good, that sin by the commitment might become exceedingly sinful. I'm not quite sure how to put that in a simple way to understand because I quite I don't understand that either. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal and sold under sin. For that which I do or okay, here it comes. Here here comes our struggle. This is our struggle. You and me, our struggle, my struggle, your struggle, every Christian's struggle. This is our our inner conflict. So here it goes. Here's, here's the inner conflict, and it starts at chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. <laughs> I'll read it again. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not, but what I hate, that I do. So what he's talking about here is this, the first part. For that which I do allow not. So he's talking about his Christian walk. For what I would, that I do not. That's that Christian walk. But what I hate, I do. That's his sinful nature. He's talking about his, you know, he wants to be a good Christian. But he keeps falling out of line, you know, like we do. And so he does the, he does the things that he hates, that, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. And now, then, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwells in me. So he knows that he has this sinful nature in him. We have to restrain that sinful nature in us. We have to hold it back. There's self-discipline, self-restraint. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells nothing good. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He's struggling to find that good Christian walk. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, I do. See? That struggle, that inward struggle. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is not more. Let me read that again. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no, it is no more that I do, but sin that dwell in, in me. So now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more that I do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when, when I would do good, evil is present in me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, it's the inward man. But I see another law in, the, in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in, in my members." 
Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So then, with the mind, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So I, so then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God. So that's what he's saying. Your mind, your heart, your body, and dwelled with the Word of God, always focusing on the Word of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. So the law of sin is the Ten Commandments. So this is the struggle. This is our inner conflict. He yearns to be right. He yearns to walk with in his Christian walk and not stumble. But, man, I'm telling you, there, there's no way to live a perfect 100% Christian life without, without a stumble, without a fall. We're, we're inherently flawed to begin with, and that's why we, we stumble. That's why we fall. That's why we're not perfect. And see, the devil's trying to get you to lose your Christian walk because you're saying, look, you can't stay unsinful. You sinned the other day. You sinned the day before that. Well, yeah, that's true. But Christ died for every sin you'll ever do today, tomorrow, and in the future. Now, the thing is, is your willingness to do the sin. See, like I said at the beginning, you want to do that sin, and that's why you do it. Now, that's that, that but, the, but with the flesh... The law of sin. See, you want to do it? That's the flesh and the law of sin. So, you got to be, you know, you just got to restrain yourself. You got to pull yourself back. You got to discipline yourself because the difference between you and a lost person is the lost person is unrestrained. They're 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 like without any controls, without any rules, without any regulations. They're just totally wild out there living the wild structure a structureless life but not as a christian you have structure in your life if you read the bible you understand who god is what he's wanting you to do how you should conform your life to the word of god and when you start conforming your life to the word of god god will uh, uh, account you to a lot of things he'll put a lot of things to your account and you'll grow in grace and knowledge and understanding of his will and and it'll be good in your life the reason I tell you all this is because I'm experiencing this myself. My, even though I'm going through this sickness, my life has improved a, a, a whole hundred percent. My life has changed. I'm not the, you know, the person that I used to be. And, and the Bible does work. It does work. It does change your life. And see, that's what I'm saying. Your salvation is secure. You're never going to go to hell. I'm telling you the truth. You're never going to see hell. If you're listening to this podcast and God has placed it on your heart to continue to listen to this podcast, and I know you guys have been listening, and I, I, I really appreciate the love that you guys have been pouring out to me because you guys have been listening. I'm telling you, you're never going to see hell. How great is that? And that one day you're going to be transformed into Christ's likeness. You're going to be just like Jesus Christ. You're going to be loving, kind, and forgiving, and honest, and great, and glorious, and beautiful, and everything. It's going to be awesome. But there's going to be a lot of struggling, a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of sickness, a lot of heartache, and a lot of stuff in this life. But all those things that you experience in this life is what I like to call the Christian backpack. You take all those negative things, all those bad experiences from people, and you put it in your little Christian backpack, all those negative, negative things that's happening. You put it in a little Christian backpack. When someone treats you bad at the store or treats you bad, you take that, that, that experience and you put it in your little Christian backpack. 
And when you die and you stand before Jesus Christ, he's going to reach inside your little Christian backpack and he's going to pull all those wrongs out and he's going to write them right there. And see, the Jay-Z's and the Beyonce's and the LeBron James, they don't get that. They don't get that because you can't buy that. That's only giving out love. And so you have something that those mega super rich people will never ever have the love of Jesus Christ. The fact that you're going to one day, he's going to put his arms around you. He's going to wipe every tear from your face. You know, we're going to suffer. We're going to anguish. We're going to sorrow. You know, even at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to feel embarrassment for the things that we should have done that we need to have done. So even at that point, when Christ finally, when it's finally over and he finally wipes that final tear from your eye, we'll never remember this life, the heartache, the pain, the suffering, the agony, or any of it. All this will be washed away. I'm telling you, this is all true. This is real. This is, how the, this is, this is the best thing you can ever get into is the word of God. And it will change your life. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. From the inside out. It doesn't work the other way. It only works one way. From your heart, it changes. It starts it in your heart, because your heart is a stone. You're, right now, if you're lost, your heart is a stone, stone rock. And if you're a Christian, you have a heart of flesh, you know, a living, breathing heart. That's, you know, that's alive. It's amazing, and you'll never die. You'll never die. And when death comes, you won't see death, the grim reaper. You'll see Jesus Christ, or Christ will send a loved one to come get you. So, man, this just it just keeps getting better and better and better. Okay, so that's the end of the podcast. I got a call to action. This week, I want you to share the podcast with somebody. Start the prayer list. Start finding names and add names to it. And that track, God answers the prayer. Okay, if you're lost and you found the podcast, here's your chance to start join God's family. Live a life repented and turned from sin and evil. Turn to God, His Son, and the Word. And live a life that God has made for you before the world was ever made. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit my sins separate from me from you. I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. God raised you from the dead. I choose today by faith to invite you to my heart, take control of my life, to be my Lord and Savior. I willingly choose to turn to sin. And please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. Give me a home in heaven with you when I die. Change me and make me a new person. Help me now to live with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I ask you to live stream church services. The link is in the Facebook description. And if God has placed in our heart to donate to the church, there's a link in the description box for that too. And that's all I have to today. Remember to say something nice to somebody you don't know because God said we're all strangers too and he loved us so. Your friend in Christ, Dave. Bye.